Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening. I'm Coulter Wonkite. I'm already into the 420. Damn it. What are you doing? Nothing. Why not? Trying to get on the Slice Out Radio website. Sounds like a cool website. Yeah, it's all right. You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. The opinions expressed during this show are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of their associated organizations or Lifestyle Radio. You like music, you like weed, well, we're gonna be good friends indeed. This is not much I like more than smoking trees. They'll make you dance the dozy do and teach you how to achieve the grow. Smoke a bowl on the 420 Radio Show. On Lifestyle Radio. But we're a bunch of idiots, so we didn't. And you didn't sing. Hey, I, I wasn't going <clears> to. <throat> what was that, Marcel? No, 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 no. I said I wasn't going to sing. Oh, well, that's what vodka does when you drink it. Drink. No, not vodka, Jim. I don't like vodka martinis. Gin martinis. Yeah, me so, too. This is yeah. the 420 radio show. Hi, how are you? Or how high are you? I'm here. How at, high are you? I'm at, I'm at Club Shatterizer. So you're Alan high. Matt, and they can hear you. And so you're high and getting higher. Uh, probably. Yep. Yeah. Just And I have to try. I'm trying to train myself. My new computer is actually a touch screen. So it's a little bit easier for me to if I remember <laughs> hey I got a shatterizer question no I got a dab question dab but question do you want to ask dab them? question yeah, dab question okay come on it, over it's a dab question and a shatterizer question and it's personal opinion question for everybody here well I'm giving the mat to, uh, I'm giving the mat to Mike you're giving the mat to Mike alright Mac <laughs> the question is if you're doing dabs is it better to stick with the same strain all evening or is it better to switch to different strains as you go along I, I try and switch it up personally but I think it's just personal preference how's everybody else feel Personal preference is always my choice. What? <laughs> oh, to switch it up. Or well, just... It was just a, yeah, a one-liner would... in and of itself, actually, but uh, sorry about that. It kind of jumped quick out of the gate. Just to riff <laughs> on the term personal preference. It's always my choice. 
Well, um, that's usually what it is, yes. Yeah. Question for Matt. What are the stats sta- saying on that? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, me, I don't know. This, let me check this... my Rolodex here. I'm just curious, what, what's personal preference? To stick with the same strain I, or to uh, switch strains up? I, I prefer to switch strains, personally. But, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, usually uh, a nice selection of, of strains from various friends that I cultivate, and um, I definitely switch it up. See, I'm in the same situation. I have plenty of different strains to choose from. So I tend on switching it up, but I try to stick sativas to sativas and indicas to indicas. For sure, for sure. I, I I'll I'll consume sativas throughout the day, and only uh, break out the indicas at night. I, I can't function during the day uh, vaping indicas. Well, since I'm quitting smoking tobacco, I'm, I have a much higher intake of cannabis, and it doesn't matter. I can't function at all anymore. So I'll just stay high <laughs> until I no longer want to smoke. So <laughs> it seems as, to be working. <laughs> what are you doing, Alan? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I, I'm I'm doing I, good. I'm, uh, well, welcome to we Club Shatterizer. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's officially uh, I'm officially um, a member of the Shatterizer Club, and that I have been using mine, and I do like it. Tell me, you you you've been uh, you went through the whole process. You had cancer and and you used cannabis. And tell us, take us on a little ride, bro. Take us on a little ride, okay? <laughs> well, uh, it's not a fun ride, but it, it gets interesting later on. But basically, my 2013 was a story of deterioration, and uh, unfortunately, coming at it from probably some of the best health of my life, I'd spent the previous couple of years. Um, in showbiz, you know, and I wasn't working very much and I, I decided to take some classes and just sort of change my look and I was bigger than I was. I was going to the gym regularly, like almost every day, four or five days a week and, and for two or three hours at a time, really getting into it. And then um, at the beginning of 13, it feels like I popped a rib and it didn't quite heal. And, and that was strange at the end. Of... Was that? Sorry, um, Al. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, Which sorry, Al? Not, but Al, can you mute your mic for a sec? Looks like you did. Okay, sorry. Continue, Alan. Okay, so I, I don't know where I got uh, left off at, but uh, I was in good shape is my like point. Hurt then, I'm sorry? Sorry, you said you hurt. Your, it felt like you hurt your rib? Yeah, I hurt my rib, and, and I pulled it. I thought I pulled it in the gym, you know, uh, not warming up properly or something, and I, I pulled a, a rib or, or ligament in my rib or something. And they're hard to heal, and you can't do anything about it. You just have to wait. So um, towards the end of the six-week healing period, two to three weeks in, it doesn't feel like it's getting much better, in fact, worse, and then it was getting worse. And then as it deteriorated, um, then I was getting to the end of what the six weeks of healing would have been, and and I had even more pains in different areas in my rib cage, all in the back, and it just felt like the same injury had uh, replicated itself several times, maybe six or seven different spots rather than... um, rather than the one problem going away. And um, soon after that, I started taking um, over-the-counter meds. Not opioids, thank goodness, but, uh, you know, Excedrin, Anison, Robaxacet, any of that stuff. And I would just rotate it around. And um, none of that was doing me much good. It would help a little bit, but um, 
And I was just hoping it get better. And then by June, I thought, okay, this is getting nuts. I have to go to a doctor. And I, that began my saga of trying to find out actively uh, why it wasn't healing. And the tests they were running were not showing anything, unfortunately. Went back in July, same thing. Got recommended for a urology specialist out of, out of Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto. And same thing. Told me a few things that were interesting about my urological system, but not one of them included that it had prostate cancer. And I just continued to deteriorate in a, in a state of fear and worry and not knowingness. And um, it, it was a creepy time, that's for sure. Anyway, um, <clears throat> then I had a drink on my birthday. I had, I had a couple of uh, beers on my birthday, and, and uh, that was in November. And I shouldn't have done that. It really, it really, uh, I'm not recommending people don't drink or whatever. This isn't a puritanical review. I'm just saying that at that time. Uh, my kidneys were not tolerating any kind of uh, anything like that. And I had a really tough time uh, on that day, on the 5th of November. And it took me a couple of days to recover from it, needing to go to the bathroom furiously about every seven or eight minutes. And that's a drag when you need to go to sleep. But you're doing that for about 17 hours, 15 to 17 hours of, of needing to go to the bathroom horrifically bad. And then you get, get into the bathroom and, and about an eyedropper's worth came out. You know, mm-hmm. each time and it was just brutal. And and I thought it was going insane at that point. I really did. It was just like, I can't get to sleep. I can't pee. Nobody yeah. knows what's wrong yeah. with me. I'm in pain all the time. What yep. the fuck? You know? And uh, so anyway, I just kept riding it out. And then on uh, the 20th of November, I woke up with uh, what felt like two rebar going through my lungs, just pulling me up out of bed. And, and, and it hurt uh, like an unbelievable amount. Terrible weather, awful cold, freezing stuff, listening to the radio. Um, you know, CAA, the auto guys were boosting everybody all over the place. It was super cold and I didn't even want to risk, uh, a cab or an Uber or anything. So I, I managed to waddle over to the train station and get downtown and, and get this diagnosis later in the afternoon on the 20th of November, 2013, that was aggressive advanced stage four cancer that had already metastasized into much of my skeletal structure. Um, and the gentleman there eventually informed me that whatever they did was going to probably, um, you know, take out my hair, whether it was chemo or radiation. And then that I would be seen by a, a specialist as soon as possible, which it turns out was five weeks. Because when you're stage four aggressive advance, they really want to jump on that shit right away quickly. Uh, so that's just a little shot to the healthcare system. Five uh, weeks. <laughs> so, so then... In the meantime, um, I had been in the waiting room, uh, waiting to find out what terrible news would befall me when they finally, um, when they finally diagnosed me. And um, uh, I started thinking about medical cannabis, came into my mind, and mulling it over. Didn't really know much about it, wasn't really a regular user, hadn't been for um, it's about seven or eight years at that point since I had recreationally partaken of the herb. And... Uh, and, and that was also a personal decision of mine. It wasn't a, a judgmental thing. And I was certainly on board with whatever medical cannabis people or recreational cannabis people wanted to do, you know. And uh, and so I didn't have a political take on it at all. I just wanted, I thought, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try this. And then, uh, so I got the diagnosis on Wednesday the 20th. Thursday, Friday, I was at work, couldn't do anything about it. Um, I was working on a TV show at the time. And I just had to attend those rather long uh, days. One of one of the days, which included a photo shoot um, for a New Year's Eve TV special, where I had to wear a suit and look all um, fun. Anyway, I can barely look at that photograph now. It brings back the horror. Uh, and, and that whole time was really kind of fuzzy. But anyway, so the two days go by, and then on the Saturday, I was able to obtain from a friend um, 
uh, a friend, a trusted friend who, who I knew was involved in, in cannabis and, and could ascertain a good batch, if you will, because I was certainly out of the loop. And this person, um, this person managed to get me a quarter, uh, a quarter ounce, uh, which would eventually make 15 grams or so, 12 to 15 grams of Rick Simpson oil, which I learned how to make from using uh, basically Google and YouTube at the time. This seems like a million years ago now, five years ago. Um, is a long time in what's happened with us and, and our politics and our and and certainly uh, my awareness of it and, and the rights and the differences and the pre-Trudeau era and whatever you know that was a long time ago and I just didn't want anyone to know I was sick I didn't want anyone to know that I was using this illegal substance to remedy myself because I thought first of all they'll think I'm nuts second of all I might get in trouble with the cops so I kept it to myself. And um, over the first three days of taking the tiniest measure of this oil, um, a pinhead, I call it. Uh, that's Some people call it a half a rice grain or a third of a rice grain, but pinhead looked good to me. And it was the tiniest amount. And I hadn't, like, again, I hadn't been, you know, smoking or partaking for a while. And I did get a little sensation out of it. It did put me down heavy to sleep, this tiny amount. It did make me hungry, which I had not been very much. Um and after three days of doing that, just little pinhead about an hour before I went to sleep, on the fourth day, I realized I did not need my morphine that had been prescribed to me to take, uh, to take for the pain, you know, that I'd been suffering. And amazing, because not only was I trading away the morphine on those three pinheads, it's also the summer of over-the-counter meds, your Excedrins, your Bufferins, your Anisins, your, your, um, those things. And, uh, and there's three little tiny pinheads of this stuff. And I was like, shit, I'm out of pain. No one, no, one, I'm out of pain. Like I was still a friggin' mess. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't hurt, right? None of this hurt. And uh, and then I started to increase the dose slowly, as you're meant to do with this particular course of action that does so fucking work. Government stop telling everybody it doesn't. <laughs> and um, it deserves a try at the very least, especially when they told me um, five weeks later that uh, my numbers had been basically cut in half. My terrible, awful numbers. I won't bore people with specifics and you kind of get lost with numbers when you're doing jokes or stories, but they were too fucking high. And when I took this stuff, they had basically been cut in half in the subsequent five weeks. So when, <laughs> when the expert went to take a look at me and everything, he, he wasn't sure that either one of these readings was accurate because he said, well, you have this number and you can't have this number five weeks later. That's impossible. At that point, I was already well aware. It's not only impossible. I knew exactly. Uh, the culprit uh, as to why this was happening, the wonderful friend, marijuana oil. Uh, and it was, um, you know, I wasn't going to tell this dude that uh, I was doing it because I just didn't trust that the system would be OK with it. And, you know, that was all no genius would it require to figure that out. I just wanted to keep it under my hat. So five weeks there, <clears throat> five weeks into it, this terrible number 700 is now 374, which is still bad, but basically in half. And uh, about as incredible as pushing a roller coaster back up the hill with your bare hands. And the momentum of it getting out of control is that's in the disease's domain. <laughs> when you're pushing it back the other way, it's a lot harder. So it's even more incredible that it went back anything at all, never mind virtually half. And I knew I was onto something based on what I was reading. So five weeks later, when this guy had told me, um, you don't have any options. We, we, we can't use chemotherapy on you. You're too far gone. Uh, unfortunately, radiation and, and there's nothing to do surgically because we can remove your prostate, but there's no point. Um, it's never going to work again. It's cooked right out and, and you'll just have to be recovering from the surgery. So, you know, you might as well not get the surgery. There's nothing they could do. And they were emphatic about it. 
and then um, and then I'm taking this oil and I'm feeling better and better the whole time. I can't tell you how much I felt better between the diagnosis date on the way to this um, expert meeting. I'm sure he was expecting to see me in a lot worse shape than I was. And at the end of this time, uh, he said there's nothing you can do about it. And he started to explain to me where the chapel was in the hospital and that I should make peace with my uh, quarrels and that I should uh, get my affairs in order and etc., and I just stopped him and said, "Is there? Are you telling me there's nothing else that can be done or used in in this fight?" And he said, "No, I'm sorry, there is nothing else." And I knew he was wrong because I'd already been <laughs> I'd already been improving uh, for five weeks and and tracking it and noticing it and and um, you know there was no better indicator than the, the uh, reduction of pain to zero and the increasing of uh, mobility from horrible to a lot better than it was. Nowhere near normal, but. I was on the I was on the upward trend instead of the downward trend. So I kept using this stuff and about 6 months into it, I'd be going to see this guy every month and getting blood tests every month and also taking a substance that they had because I doubled down. I was afraid. Uh it's a substance that um it suppresses testosterone production, testosterone being the fuel, the gasoline to the fire, I guess for prostate cancer. So uh, between the two of them seemed to be handling it pretty well. But he still was thinking, like, it's not going to last that long, maybe five or six months in your case. And uh, the last five or six months is going to be uncomfortable for you. And, you know, then I would be on morphine and basically just help me ease on out. And that's the phrase he used. Wow. We will help you ease on out. And I, I, I looked at this nice guy. Do you look words, like the kind right? of guy that eases on out? What's that? Sorry. Nice choice of words. Yeah, that's what he said, ease on out. And I said, do I look like the kind of person that eases on out of anything? And he just yeah. kind of laughed and said, well, that's the kind of attitude you're going to need to get through this. And, um, how but my how attitude, long ago was this, Alan? This was November 2013. And then the, the, the um, November 20, 20th of November 2013 was the diagnosis. And five weeks later, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, was this assessment that there was nothing I could do. and that. Um, so, so two years before you got diagnosed, I was going through the exact same thing. Whereabouts? In Nova Scotia. But it wasn't cancer. Oh, what was it? I had a rare form of MS that wow. I started. So they sent me home, basically said, there's nothing more we can do for you. Yeah. And then so you start doing things. And then you're okay. And then they tell you it's not a good idea to do that thing, right? I met Rick Simpson, went to oh, his house and, and tried his oil and come home and found out a better way to make it and and make it work for my condition. Oh, that's amazing. And so when was this? That was that was in 2011? Well, I started in 2008 is when it started. Um, and started taking oil every day. 2009, September of 2009, I started ingesting oil every day. Wow. And have ever since. Good for you. Never heard of it at that point. I had never heard of it at that point. Rick Simpson oil, cannabis oil. I, you know, I was a smoker. I, I smoked pot for a while, and then I didn't, you know? Well, I live about 10 miles from Rick Simpson, so. Oh, that's amazing. It at wasn't time, hard to. He doesn't live there anymore, right? No, no. Oh. That's too he bad. moved away. I don't blame him. He moved away. I think yeah. he's somewhere in Europe still. Yeah. So just to wrap up, I mean, basically what happened at the end of that time was that I knew in the Dece at December when I asked this doctor, and he said there's nothing else he could do. And meanwhile, I was already doing something else and getting great results that he'd already said. He can't understand why I'm 
looking and feeling so much better now than, than when he's meeting me from, you know, according to his paperwork, I should have been way closer to the grave by then. And um, so about six months in, I told him what I was doing because every month I would go in and get my blood numbers and every month they were improving. And eventually my prostate, uh, the PSA count was in the pocket of like 1.1, 1.5 and 0.1. And he couldn't believe it. <clears throat> so come July or June or July, six months into knowing this guy. And not liking him very much, by the way. Uh, that factors into it later. Uh, I just said to him, you know, I think the reason that you scratch your head every week, every month I come in here, is that I'm taking this oil. And it's cannabis oil. And uh, he just immediately said, oh, that's that's not a good idea. We don't know much about that, and I can't recommend it. It could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're going to leave me to the ravages of stage four cancer. There's fuck all you can do about it. No, by the way, I can't understand how well you're doing. And, ooh, don't do that one thing that's causing it. So this, yeah. this got back up about the medical system almost completely and entirely at that point. Uh, you might want to call it a conspiracy theory. I just call it a retelling of what happened to me. And based on the advice I was getting, it's like if, if the stockbroker de- decided to tell me to stop investing into some company where before this I was totally broke. And then all of a sudden I was making a shit ton of money, right? I was like, what are you talking about? I'm going to keep doing this. And uh, so it has gone. And through the course of uh, not quite finishing the first course properly because of cooking it, um, uh, cooking it in my home became a little more difficult. I was obviously cooking it uh, quarters at a time because that's how I had to do it. And the last quarter was a little too warm, a little too nice and a little too stinky for my neighborhood to have that wafting around. I don't have all the equipment and everything. So I didn't finish it. And uh, but I felt like I'd done pretty well and was doing okay. But it turns out I had to keep going back to it uh, every once in a while. And then I had a bad batch, uh, which I found out later. And the bad batch was a drag because what I mean is it it didn't have high enough of the anything, I guess, in it. It was shit weed, if you will. And I wasn't um, it wasn't helping me. And the cancer was coming back. So I crashed really hard, way harder than the first time. And I thought, okay, that's it. I'm done. I had a nice little couple extra years on there, but I guess it doesn't last forever. And got into the hospital for some emergency procedures, including um, catheterization and, uh, you know, some stuff, some scrapings and this and that inside. And uh, and then eventually I realized that I, I found out that the, the oil I'd been using was not uh, effective. And then I freaked out because I was like, "This it's not that this doesn't work, it's that this batch is no good. And it, it kind of re-energized me and I was able to source some more stuff from a different uh, arrangement instead of making it myself. And I can't even remember the series of events that led me to um, one particular, um, let's keep this vague, one, con- one particular collective of folks who had heard about my story and decided to help me out with some for sure quality stuff. And it's been great ever since. Perfect. That's awesome, bud. I love hearing these stories. And people say, did it go away? Did it go away? Have you killed your cancer? And I yeah. keep saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because the only way to find that out is to stop taking it for a long time yeah. and see if it comes back. And why would I want to do that? Well, Tommy right. Chung, and that's, Tommy Chung that's my attitude. Well, right? Tommy Chung ran into that where he, and I think he admitted it, uh, he was taking the oil. And he felt better, went into remission, so he stopped. He didn't keep yeah. the upkeep, and it came back. Far out, man. Yeah, that's what happens. No, I tell everybody that once you start this, you're stuck with it for life. 
Now, I don't think it's a problem because, listen, I don't know if everybody is stuck with it for life. I don't know that because I don't know what it's like if you're stage one, two, three. It's not uh, worth the chance because there's, other, right. there's, a, there's a lot more um, uh, illnesses and disorders that we treat with it. Totally. Other things as well. You might as well get on that. It's like um, in a very limited sense. It's like the diabetic who's told, yeah, you can have a totally normal life. You just got to keep jacking this insulin all the time. Yeah. And maybe you feel like you don't have to do that, and then you don't do that one day or two or three, and then you get into a real mess. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to take that chance. I don't feel like it. Um, it's not um, worth it. Recently, I've had uh, um, some, some differing numbers here and there, and I realize I've got to change some things and double down again. But the point is, uh, the people that, that um, you know, will continue to mock this or, or think it's just like a, a lie or something, the point is, is this. Um, the, the entire concept of killing cancer and nuking it out of your body and cutting it out of your body, this, this way of even looking at your, your opponent or your situation is already outdated on its face. And this stuff is um, 100% for sure, despite what my doctor said, my guaranteed death date, despite the bad I, the recommendations against it, despite the prediction that the second time I was really low, I was also going to die 100% for sure. I'm already three and a half years past my guaranteed funeral date. Everything's a bonus now. If it, if it consumes me over the weekend and I'm gone by Monday. Three and a half uh, years I'm, past your expiry date. See, yeah, he's I'm, got the same attitude that I did when I totally. was doing this shit. This is awesome. I love this. You're guaranteed to go. And so every single day, if I wrap it up on Monday because I implode from cancer, I will still have won in my mind. This gives you an incredibly liberated mindset. And so I, I just feel like I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it. And guess what? If it turns out that I don't actually need to keep taking it forever, <laughs> I don't, that's fine. I, I enjoy like, uh, life with it now. It's very helpful. It's very good for um, coming up with ideas. And uh, it, it just creates a, a completely different awareness as far as uh, my, my um, educational uh, intake is concerned, as far as my spiritual awarenesses are concerned and i wouldn't i wouldn't get rid of it at this point even if they said to me we have a hundred percent absolute guarantee you don't have this cancer at all it's never coming back at all i'd say cool where's my next dose yeah and finding that next dose is going to be easier and easier and easier as we as we go on <clears throat> that's yeah that's true yeah well i'm already working on that yes and no because ideally you're still going to want to make it yourself or it's got to come from a very reputable source. Yeah, so you well, it's going to be both, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. I like growing things in my garden and, and, and things like that and, and having food, but I also go to the store. So I don't want anything in the way of it. I don't want governments that, well, we haven't figured out the liquid aspect yet, so we're not going to allow you to have this. Fuck off. I'm taking it. I'm not asking permission. I'm just going to do it. It just works. Uh, I'm tired of being told by a bunch of people who have never tried it, don't understand it, are probably being purchased by the monies from its uh, its its uh, rival not to accept it as a thing. I mean, if you listen to the senators, kick that story around. Did you hear those senators that went down and talked to Jeff Sessions in the States and then came back up here with all their themselves in an uproar? I mean, I'm just done listening to any of those people. I know what I'm talking about. I know I wouldn't be here without it, and I'm, I'm I'll never stop being a staunch advocate for it. And I'll still be correct even if I if I die consumed of it on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm still way into bonus time here. Yeah. We're still winners. We're, yeah. we're, the, we're the We Be Death Club. We Be Death Club. Yeah, but we this is the, the thing. This is the criminal thing, okay? This is the criminal aspect of it. I've just talked to you about the happy aspect of why I take it and why I keep using it. The criminal aspect is this. 
obviously, just do the math. I'm not the only person who decided to go his own way based on diagnoses. But how many men, in this specific case of prostate cancer, not to be sexist, how many men have been told, wow, you're done, you're cooked, there's nothing you can do, just do this. Or maybe if you're stage three, they go, okay, let's get on this chemotherapy. And these folks are understanding that they're going to die soon on the way out with the chemotherapy, and that's it. And they don't even try this thing. Or if you're told you don't have surgery options, you don't have chemo options, you don't have radiation, what is the moral availability of telling someone, and you can't do this flower that grows out the fucking side? You can't take that, even though these other things we do have for you all the time aren't going to work. Like, that mindset is horrible to me, and the fact that tons of... I'm sure tons of men have just gone, oh, God, okay, well, and then they pick up the phone and call their wife and say, gee whiz, honey, doc says I'm going to die. We better go to the lawyers and drop a will, and they just get on that bandwagon, that mindset, that belief that this genius in, in the white doctor priest robe, who's the intermediary, like a priest between you and God, the doctor priest is an intermediary between you and, and the nature source of understanding these things work, and so it's the same thing to me, and um, I, I just don't. I can't even fathom and I can't even tolerate and it makes me furious every time I think about how many, how many, just in my jurisdiction, how many thousands of men have been sat home. Uh, there were guys in that clinic uh, waiting to get shots and, and getting ready to die in that clinic when I would go there every month and I'm sure that I wasn't, I, I'm sure I was the only one with the attitude I had. I used to walk in there with my bicycle, fold it up and put it up against the wall at the boot tray in the middle of winter. I mean, I'm sure it was the only prostate cancer stage four guy riding around the city on his bicycle. So um, I just don't hear them when they when they come up with the, well, we believe that uh, it's dangerous and, and we believe that it could cause, fuck your beliefs. Your beliefs are erroneous, okay? And they're only beliefs. They're not facts. I'm sitting here a living example. I'm a fucking walking laboratory that this stuff can and does work. Are and you, sometimes are you, you just have to go on, with your own self. Are you still on the maintenance? Oh, yeah, sure. I, I go off and on it. I go off and on it all the time. I'm into a little experiment right now that I'm not going to talk about at the moment because it's brand new and I just started uh, involving myself with it because I'm always experimenting now with uh, different means of ingestion, sort of tease you like that, but uh, we can talk about it in another time. The but big um, <clears throat> The big, big thing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nowadays is the uh, suppositories. That's, uh, suppositories, that's right. Yeah. And I say, mm -hmm. if politicians don't like that, they can shove them up their ass. Cause it's a shitty it. subject, but... I like to talk my... about it. My patients love me. 
How do you make yours, or where do you get them? I make them, and I don't tell people my recipe. Okay. But they, they are very, very much adored. Okay, well, I'll tell people my, my recipe if you want to hear it. Most, most recipes are simple coconut butter and, or, like, cocoa butter and, and cannabis oil. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> yeah. I, I yeah. also put a little spearmint toothpaste in there for the pick-me-up. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Did you spill yourself there, Marcel? Oh, man, I almost choked <laughs> on my drink on that one. Fuck. Well, you're gonna puckered my asshole right up too. <laughs> well, I noticed that after a little while, whenever you whenever you take one of those coconut suppositories, I always tell people, you know, you're gonna feel great in 40 minutes. That's for sure. But be sure to have a handkerchief or some kind of a Kleenex or whatever. Otherwise, you're gonna have uh, a little leakage. And um, you know, if that happens out in public, you'd rather it smell like a, a Listerine belch <laughs> than some kind of a a chili festival uh, backdoor exit. Um, on on that I, I note. Use, I use a different different carrier. Oh, what do you use? Pigeons? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and it seems to have a, a much better, faster absorption rate. What does, sorry? What kind of thing? The, the carrier that I use for the suppositories. Oh, and that's the big secret. You're not going to share with it. Yeah, I can't share it with you. I, okay. <clears throat> patent stuff happening here. so It's patent stuff? So it's a made-up thing specifically for this? Yeah. Well... So we both had a tease on this episode. Everyone's yeah. going to be writing. What does it? What does he mean? What's the thing he's putting up his ass? We have. We, <laughs> yeah. Plus, we have another patent that we've been working on for over a year with extremely good clinical trials. It's now just going through the final stages of process. Yeah, I heard Richard Gere cured his prostate cancer by putting a gerbil up there and teaching him how to use a bong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. That would, On that, that note, we have to go to a commercial. <laughs> oh, okay. And now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> no. it, it, Are it, you tired of cannabis-laden rodents up your bum? Yeah. We promise it won't be a shitty commercial. Y- yeah. It won't be. No, let's get straight <laughs> to the point. Commercial. Shoot it right up. It's a song, actually. I'm just oh, loading bonus. it up. It's a song, and it's oh, uh, okay, great. the tall, tall Brothers. Tall Brothers? Tall Brothers. Yeah, I'm kind of high. But you are too. I am too. Yes, I am too. Okay. And I'm clicking away here, and I'm having a hard time. So just bear with me and talk. Come on, keep talking. <laughs> Told us. Oh, you that want we me were to going to commercial? We're going to go to a commercial because I'm figuring this out real quick. And uh, and as we'll we're talking about going to a commercial, as we're talking about, okay, we'll be right back. This is the 420 Radio Show. We're live from Club Shatterizer. And we'll be right back. <laughs> so what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing? Why not? Trying to get on the Slice Out Radio website. Sounds like a cool website. Yeah, it's alright. Oh, I might have it. You might have it. You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. But it seems like it's just moments since we met I'm kinda high, let me introduce myself Did we meet before, or am I just kinda high? If you think it a little strange, dear, take a puff 
when we're coming back and you so, so i'm thinking it's a fake well you know what i'm sitting here and i've got val's card in my hand what kind of card it's uh a like her bank clouds card? card no oh perfect a perfect clouds shatterizer business card Ooh. i like the layout actually we got to do business cards uh before i come out there but uh i like the layout of this actually oh so, i've never seen it simple but elegant i've never seen it and you're gonna put that as our yeah, business it, card, simple val, and elegant val said you'll get one at harvest fest 
Speaking of Harvest Fest. Oh, hello, Al's phone. No, I'm not answering that. Why is it Chris Backer? That's not for me. Why I'd answer the phone for Chris. I'd put you on hold for Chris Backer. Jeez, well, I bet, man. I bet you would, because if Chris called, I would. it would be important. That's right, because right. Chris doesn't waste my time. Chris doesn't waste anybody's time, or no. his own. If Yeah, if Chris calls me, I know what's important. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of Chris and what he does, is there anything going on? I'm taking a break from Alan's story for a second. Is there anything going out out east with, with uh, uh, charges and, and Chris ends and... All of that stuff that we should be kept apprised of? Not really. There's not a there's a a few of the dispensaries that were charged have gone in and done their little appearance and gotten a date for going to court. Yeah. One of them's filed that they're they're doing a charter challenge as their defense, which is perfectly fine. Awesome. Because that's what's needed. Um, Chris ends are just they're they're smart enough just to leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> At this point, yeah. <laughs> it's a Nova Scotia uh liquor commission who's going to be the one selling pot of the liquor stores. Um have stated that they're only selling recreational. They're not going to be selling medicinal cannabis products. So where's the medicinal products gonna be coming from? Mail order through the ACMPR. Um, mail order through the MMPR, um, self-cultivation or designated cultivation. And as long as the boys stay the course, the dispensaries that are already here that are serving the medical patients. So in other words, uh, the same way it is now. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because seriously, the, the dispensaries are going to band together. I mean, they have no choice. Um, that want to supply because patients need the medical dispensaries. They need to be able to go in and see product, smell product, touch product. So I'm all for dispensaries. Yeah, the LPs are making their moves now. I'm not liking the stock market at all right at the moment. <clears throat> L- LPs are making their move to supply the med- or the recreational market. Yeah, yeah, they are, and they're they're going to, they're going to turn around and leave us medical people at the wayside. But our medical medical people have a system already in place. So, like, and we have a system that works. And with the microprocessing or microcultivation licensing coming up, craft growers could then be the primo suppliers for the medical cannabis community through that's the dispensary. Why they're going in and buying them up right now? Exactly. Mm. I mean, you can you can go out and you can spend millions of dollars to build a facility, but if you don't have somebody who knows how to grow pot, you ain't going to grow pot. And that's what most of these guys are finding out now is they're getting growers that that have never grown commercial style growing, or they're getting growers that have never grown cannabis. Yeah, not mentioning any names, but I did hear one licensed producer, their master grower was uh, experienced in growing lettuce. <laughs> never ever grew cannabis in a day in his life. Hey, I know one that was... I know a, a master grower whose experience comes from growing trees. Spruce trees. Well, spruce trees and fir trees, to be precise. 
for the forestry industry. At least those are trees. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... It, but guess what? They still grow different because those things take 40 they? years to grow. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's, yeah. I mean, it is a weed. Yeah, technically, well, it is a weed, right? Yeah, it grows like a weed. No, but tec- technically, it isn't it in the category of a weed. I mean, it's a wild weed. Yeah, it's but sure. it, it's herb? a matter of, of where you are because <clears throat> here it's we have dandelions and, and daisies and yeah. and things like that, and we consider those as weeds. But there are other countries that those are actually imported as flowers for their gardens. Ron says, mm, lettuce. Mm, how about lettuce. this? For your comment, uh, How about Ron. this? Am I, am I still on? <laughs> yep. It, it's an herb. Like basil, you know? Yeah. It's a medicinal herb. Yeah. And like, Ron, again, he has a good point. Weed is not a weed. Okay. Yeah, it's just, an, it's just a, you know, it's a euphemism. It's, a, it's okay. Yeah. It grows all over the place. It's, it has that constitution, but so would a lot of things, um, given the chance. Yeah, buildings do that in the city. Yeah, that's true, too, yeah. Yep, yep. So, um... I don't know where where are we going to go from here, guys. I mean, you you've been doing the comedy thing for a long time, eh, Alan? Yeah, I guess so. Off and on. I mean, it's been uh, rudely interrupted by this uh, life threatening disease. Oh uh, yeah, I'm getting Thanks. back into it. Thanks, Mary Jane. Yeah, it's um, I'm getting back into it. Uh, I have been uh, doing some shows and they've been going pretty well. So um, I'm really hungry to get back. I I didn't really want to get out of it, and um, it just. I had already slowed down my stand-up uh, out of necessity from working on a television show. It was too difficult to continue with both. And uh, and so I wasn't doing as much of it as I'd liked. And then when the show was over, and I was trying to get back into it, and then I got sick. So then it really kind of held me down as well. But I'm, I'm bringing it back in, and I'm incorporating, obviously, um, a lot of this stuff into it, in the, into the comedy, because... It, it- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is true. It is, you know, write what you know. Write what you know is what they say, and I sure know my story. And so then you're putting the funny into it and trying to break put people's mind at ease almost immediately that you're okay and you're fine and you're good because the last yeah. thing you want the crowd to think while you're sitting there talking to them is subconsciously they're worrying about is this guy gonna live is he gonna die right now what is stage four? Oh my god you don't need that you don't need that tape running in their head while you're doing your you know stuff. we had we had uh, a few years ago we had the pleasure of spending uh, i think three hours with michael mcdonald 
Mike McDonald. Yep. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's no longer and, sadly. No, he's not. And but he took the time to hang out with us one Saturday. I think it was a Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, wasn't it, Marcel? Yep. And, afternoon. Yeah, and um, he was he was just just starting to feel better. He was uh, still sick, though. He, but he was still sick. He was actually in bed all day with us. You know, so I mean, it was uh, it was interesting to hear his what he went through, and I mean, you hear the same thing over and over again, obviously, but everybody's yeah. story is different. Um, but at the same time, it was actually really good for him, even though yes. I imagine it was exhausting. Mentally and emotionally, it would have been very beneficial for him to spend that time. Well, he had he had just started performing again. And yeah. that's how we got him on the show. He performed at a thing that Laurie McEachern was at. And Laurie just walked up and said, hey, would you come on our podcast? And he said, sure. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, Anyways. Yeah. So. I'm going to change the subject now, Al. Okay. Or Al, Al. Only because Al, we Al. have Mary Jane to remind me of things. Yes. Uh-huh. I see it, too. I see it. And she reminded me. <laughs> Alan. Yes. What are the methods of consumption that you use for this medicinal herb? Uh, well, primarily the oil ingestion. Uh, I put it, um, I, I take it orally and <laughs> I vape it and I will smoke it sometimes and I do insert it anally and I do like to put it into, I do like to have, um, uh, mix it into my food. So you see the, you see, notice how he said that real quick and I do it anally. And then, Anally? Yeah. And then, <laughs> oh, I don't mind talking about that at all. I'm just you saying know what? that. It, it is. It is. If if you were, um, if you were to be serious about it, yes, it's a gross thing to think about having to do. But there's what? A, there's a there's a huge Why? well there's a huge campaign now uh, that's basically help helping a friend in need and and and. <laughs> Getting past that and doing things like that and uh, helping your partner uh, engage in things like that. It also keeps everybody close, right? I have no problem with that. I mean, you only have to go to the second knuckle. Yeah, well, I was going to talk to you about that too, Marcel. Can you explain that? Because a lot of people, oh, I'm going to get real fucked up, man. That's not the case. You can if you want, though. You can because you can add copious amounts. Yeah. Um. But how it works is it goes into the bloodstream through the the fine mucous membrane that is your rectal column. At a fine mucous membrane near you. And what it does is it goes into the blood that has just left the liver and is being carried to all of the other organs in the body. So you're getting all of this cannabis-rich blood now surging through your body. And by the time that blood comes back full course to the liver, there's not enough THC left to be converted to hydroxy-11 THC, which is what gets you high. So suppositories are an amazing route for medicine because, one, you can take massive amounts with very little psychoactive effect, if any at all. Mm -hmm. Most people report just a tingling sensation, um, if any at all other than mm-hmm. relaxation and comfort. 
I wasn't reporting my sensations at all. I was keeping them quite private and enjoying them immensely. And I think I got a little higher than the uh, than the average statistic would show them. It, it would be a matter of how much you're putting in there. It's also a different kind of high, I might mm-hmm. add. Um, oh, it's completely different. It's a strange thing. Like, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm not a big-time drinker, uh, but I used to drink, uh, and I used to drink more often. I used to drink a lot of things. And certain things will give you a different kind of drunk, won't they? Yep. But, uh, Tequila drunk is different from a beer drunk is different from a sake drunk. I don't do gin at all, ever. I don't do gin at all for that reason. <laughs> it goes great with vermouth and olives. That's right. <laughs> they call it gin is something room. I will drink alone. You drink alone? Yep. Oh, okay there, George. Not even George Thorgood would do that. No. <laughs> well, that's why I don't He's drink. He's going to drink bourbon, whiskey, and beer, but not, not gin. I like gin. Reminds me of Christmas for some reason. Yeah. Good old juniper berries. Once again, back to nature, right? Like all mm-hmm. this stuff. You have to use it properly, though. But, yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so that's interesting stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't know what kind of ways you take it. You have a secret uh, delivery system that you're not going to share. Okay, fine. But that's to do with your... No, no. The baseball bat. I use... <laughs> I yeah. use capsules. I use... I don't bother with suppositories. I don't need them now. <clears throat> I basically take a maintenance dose of capsules. Okay. As well what, as, does that mean? What, what does that mean in dosage? Like amount? Um, I probably take about a gram of oil a day. Okay. A gram now, a day. Great. Yeah. A gram. Of, that's my maintenance dose now. Um, that was my I, peak dose when I was going at it. You know, you build up to a gram a day on Rick Simpson, and then you're just taking a gram a day uh, after the, you know, you've ingested the first gram takes a couple of weeks, and then uh, as you're up there, and then it's just a gram a day. I guess you could take more. Other people take more, I suppose. Mm. I was trying to repair a lot of neurological damage. Right. So once I Are got... still talking suppositories here? Pardon me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, oh, no. making a, I was making a reference to uh, suppositories and neurological damage in the same sentence. It's kind of funny, mm. but anyway... Um, yeah, so when, I, once I, I, I once I figured out how to make this stuff work for me, then I just basically got better. Then I was able to cut back. As what was happening is, once I started getting really high, I realized that I had enough damage repaired that I could start cutting back the oil that I was taking. Because mm. the more messed up you are, the less high you're going to get. Is that the premise? Yeah, pretty much. It's it's how it seemed to work for me, and it seems to work for a lot of patients that way. That ones that really need a lot of cannabis tend to not feel the psychoactive effects of much. Well, you get so over people that. Is, you, 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 there is a plateau that you go over. Mm-hmm. Right? And and like I, unfortunately myself, it it it's a bit of a roller coaster because you get up to that plateau where you're kind of just going about your day instead of being stoned all the time and then you, you mm-hmm. run out and then you've got to build up your tolerance again so that you get past that being stoned all the time or that high is disappearing effect that most people don't like when you're smoking the same thing all the time right but see i was going through three grams of oil a day yeah. and that, and never getting a buzz yeah. for me to get a buzz i'd have to stop taking oil for three days and then go right back to the full dose then and i'd you- get high and you've just started smoking cannabis again, so you're getting high again, right? 
I'm getting high now because I'm quitting smoking tobacco because I always smoked oil and tobacco. But because I'm quitting smoking tobacco, I had to switch to something, so I switched to pot, which really tastes bad, but I'm forcing my way through it. I'm I'm smoking some cherry pie, and I can't remember. I'm smoking Gorilla Glue number four, and it's amazing. Yeah, I like that. I've tried it. This is Mr. Kush, and it's uh, uh, cherry pie, and I'm liking it. And you guys like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Both the, the Shatterizer people say it's delicious. Oh, this is the first time I've tried, Mr. Kush. Oh, you're you're smoking Shatter, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, I just swapped out tobacco joints for pot joints, and that's why I'm smoking Gorilla Glue Number 4, Bud. But you're not using your Shatterizer as much? I am. It's just in my pocket, my jacket, because I had it out with me today, and I haven't bothered yeah. to get it yet. Oh, I thought you were just glad to see me. Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, actually, there's um, two vape pens in my jacket. Actually, before <laughs> Mary, before Mary Jane has a conniption fit, we wanted to talk about this weekend. Are you going to the GMM, Alan? No, sir. I oh, have no. not been able to uh, get down there. Here's the thing: I had to get, um, I had to get out of town on a family emergency. I was booked to be at the marijuana march, and. Um, and I was going to be there. I was booked to be a speaker there, as a matter of fact. And um, I was going to have some uh, time to speak at that thing, whenever that was going to be. And I do support it, and I hope everybody goes, and let's get the message out. But I had to, I'm not even in Toronto right now. I had to, I had to leave town for a bit, a um, bit of a family emergency, so I'm making this call now. So I, <laughs> Kim, was uh, my producer, was... was um, thinking maybe I was going to have to cancel today's show. I said, absolutely not, because I had to cancel last week on you. <clears throat> but I'm okay. I'm just I'm just not in the city, and I won't be making it down for tomorrow. Oh, no. it's too bad. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I don't like it, but uh, that's the way it is. Mary Jane. Yes, sir. Did you want to tell people why I'm making a big deal about tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow is the annual Global Marijuana March. That might be it. That might be it. Um, Anything else happening? Yes. Queen's Park. Well, it's like you said, it starts at Queen's Park, goes back to Queen's Park, and there's there's stuff happening after. uh, It's Sensible Ontario, right? Yeah, they're having a rally there from, I believe, 4 to 6. So people are going to start gathering around high noon, and then the walk starts at 2. It should take us to about... You know, three o'clock takes an hour to walk around the block there, and then it's really chill atmosphere. You get to hang out, meet some cool people, learn some things about C forty five and what yeah. our government is calling legalization. And we're going to be down there with you, kind of. Well, you'll be with Al. Yeah, I'll be down there. Um, Al Graham from the Pace Radio Show is going to be up there as well. Yeah. And I'm sure that uh, you guys will run into a lot of people down there that that we we know and love. Yeah, for sure. I'm hoping that people will stop and come over and say hello, as they generally do. Yeah, they usually do. We usually usually get a lot of of quick interviews. You know, uh, even Al goes and he goes and, and talks to people on the way, on the walk, right? It's kind of because he gives them no choice. 
Yeah. <laughs> he shoves a microphone in their face and says, you're live on air. What do you want to say? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but um, Val and Matt are going for their first one, right? This is their first one. They're going down to Toronto. Uh, With Al? Uh, well, they'll probably run into Al and Mary Jane, yeah? Yeah, he'll shove a microphone in your face. <laughs> Mine's attached to my headset, so that means I'll have to get right up close to people. So I don't know if that's going to go over too well. Oh, you got a cold, don't you? No, I'm over that now. Yeah. Oh, so you Thank won't you. disease them up or anything? <laughs> no. No. Maybe they'll be a little more receptive to you. Yeah. That you don't have a cold. Hey, did you guys hear Trudeau vows that cannabis is going to be legal by next summer? What was? Are you serious? What? Did he just say that? Yeah, oh, yeah. it it just no, I didn't came hear out. That at all. Yeah, yeah. Even despite the uh, them urging the delay of up to a year, he said no. Nope. You know what? Yesterday I saw something posted. First it was Trudeau said we might have to wait, and then no, he didn't, and then he promises, and now he vows, and it's like you know we're not going to know what's going to happen until it fucking happens. Chill out, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like. The thing is, is this, right? Who keeps making these proclamations and then they change them? So let's put Justin aside. So a slightly different topic. You had Doug Ford the other day. This guy's running, for those who don't know, he's running for the Conservative Party leadership of Ontario. There's an election coming soon. And his brother <clears throat> was the outrageous mayor of Toronto, Doug Ford. So that's you're caught up. But this guy here says... That uh, about a month ago or maybe five weeks ago, you folks remember that he said that um, he wanted to dismantle Kathleen Wynne's Ontario plan and uh, leave it to go to the private markets, etc. And he had a whole day. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Different vision for it. And I was thinking, I can't believe this guy is saying anything that makes anywhere near any sense, but I still don't trust him. And then the next day, he recants the whole thing and says, no, 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 we're not doing that. It'll be the same thing and whatever. And so then about a month later, like yesterday or a couple days ago, someone's, he, he comes out and says they're going to start developing in the green belt. And uh, cutting into the sort of uh, green belt nature preserve uh, that that we do need our watershed, our whole thing. And the next day he comes out again. Next day he comes out again with the same thing. Oh yeah, no, we're not doing that. Who is picking up the phone and changing these people's minds as soon as they make their declaration proclamation? That's what I want to know. I think it's safe to say, on that subject, he fucked up, and he got pulled back again. Uh, yeah, by who? By his party, you know. They, by, they no, run. it's not the party. It's the handler. Is it the handler? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay. I think so too. It's, it's always the handler. Fair enough. Because even in, I mean, these guys can come out and say this, and as soon as they say it, and it gets retracted, you know, it was the handler. 
But the thing is, it's like, okay, so let's just stop right there for a second. That's what's fascinating to me. So you're saying it's the handler doing that. We don't even need to get specific, but it is somebody else. So how about that person is the person who runs for office, the actual influence maker, the actual decision maker? Why don't we have that person running for office? This, this to me, exposes the blatant um, puppetry of basically what politics is. Because, look, if you agree with Doug Ford or you don't agree with Doug Ford, whatever the hell he's talking about, he said one thing and the next day he 180'd it. So the person who can make him 180 it, that's the real power behind the political uh, movement, right? Not just, Un- oh, don't say that, say this. Don't say that, say this. Unfortunately, this very likely the, that the puppet handler is a collective. <clears throat> yeah. Well, with no one head that could be the one that running for parliament. How does a collective then? How, tell me how a collective contacts the guy immediately and overnight he does a complete 180, no bullshit. And like, talk about negotiation. It was very successful for that one side. I don't know, man. I think it might be one of those old time Bay Street clubs where they sit around and drink and they've been Tories for like since the 1880s down at the Bay Club and the, and the, the uh, whatever those business men's clubs are down at like york and adelaide street downtown toronto those are the guys making the decision they just let this guy run around and say whatever he wants to say as long as he's carrying out their agenda and as soon as he beaks off into his territory and it's not to their agenda they just immediately can yank him back into line boom boom snap him right back in yeah the power never changes just the face of representation does right that's why Trudeau's See, begging. You know how this shit works. <laughs> I do know how it works. I mean, I got, I got to say, like, go ahead and argue it if you don't agree. But like, listen, Trudeau was saying about 2017 uh, coming, be, being the time when it was going to flip, and they, there was a lot of talk at the time that you know the laws were going to change. Everybody believed it in the election, and in 2017 it was going to flip over on 420. And then it was like, no, 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 it's actually going to be Canada Day. And then, no, 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 it's actually going to be the following year. And now they're going to say it's going to be the following year. I mean, I don't have that much time to wait. This is the thing. When I got busy with my oil stuff, I looked at the paperwork to be AMCPR or whatever the hell it is. And I was like, this is going to take too long to come in. Even if they say yes, I don't want to wait this long to get my oil to pull me out of this jam that I am very quickly falling out uh, out of, you know? Yeah. You just have to take some autonomy with a lot of these things. You can't rely on this collective all the time. That's the worst thing is is the wait times right now are extremely detrimental to patients. Oh, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be here if I was playing ball because they still don't have it in. You're saying maybe next year it's going to happen. And even if it does, it won't be the oils by then. I, I took but 22, the legal, 22 the, the, weeks to get mine. The legal yeah, market good. is still that's not going to be advantageous to a patient because, one, it's, it's going to be cost prohibitive for sure. Yeah. Um. And you're you're only going to be limited to uh, so much per visit to your dispensary. Yeah, yeah, so limited to so much. I mean, you know, and then what if they don't have it that day because there were mites or there was something else and your dealer is only this particular one. And if Loblaws is out of your produce, they won't let you go to Sobeys, right? Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to get that silly, I know, eh? It is. It's yeah. going to get retarded. So listen, folks, I think it's uh, time to take a pee break. Okay, sure. And uh, we'll be back in uh, about five minutes. This is the 420 Radio Show. We're talking with Alan Park. And uh, we'll be right back if I push the right buttons. Are you looking for cannabis news, education, and people's opinions? 
Are you looking to learn what Canadian and international cannabis advocates are doing, not only now, but what got them to this point in their lives, and what does the future hold for them? Do you want to learn how patients are using cannabis as their daily medication, or learn how their cannabis use helps them with their medical condition? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I'm going to suggest to you to tune in to Lifestyle Radio, catch their live weekly shows, and have your questions and concerns answered, and find the experience you're looking for. Monday, catch your weekly news broadcast with the Reef Reporters. Then on Wednesday, get several hours worth of cannabis public education. We get things started with cannabis and coffee with Tamarawana. Then tune in and catch Pottawa with Russell Barth, who calls himself the world's angriest pothead. Finish up your evening with the award-winning Pace Radio Show with Al Graham and joint host Kim Cooper and Alicia Yashishin. No week would be complete without tuning in to Friday night's program, the 420 Radio Show featuring Al Rapp and the 420 Radio crew, Mary Jane Baker and Marcel Gignac. Cannabis is a lifestyle, and you can catch all your cannabis lifestyle information right here at LifestyleRadio.net or at our sister site, 420Radio.ca. You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. I got the munchy blue I need cake, chips, pop, and gummy bears too I need nachos and cheese, potatoes, carrots, and peas Gravy on my grits, barbecue ribs I love licorice, the one they call nib Twinkie, 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 ding dong Twinkie, 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 ding dong. 
that was the hit, the Munchies, blue, the Munchie Blues. I don't have the blues. I just have a stock bowl on my Shatterizer. <laughs> there we go. I got it. So, everybody's back. I hope, except for Marcel, because I haven't heard him say anything yet. See, let's just wait for Marcel. Put it all on his shoulders. Alan, are you still there? Yes, sir. I am Alan right here. There. There I am. Yes. Here comes Marcel. I'm all here. set here. Well, you got water here for you. So, um, we are going to be broadcasting all day tomorrow from about As it 1 should to be. 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what, what was that? As it should be. As it should be. Well, we've done it. This is like our third or fourth year that we've done it. Yeah. Yep. Like like we did with the, the time zone things. Although we did we missed Vancouver, I was told. I was I was so medicated by the time Vancouver came along. I don't even know where I was. <laughs> well it'd be worse if it was Vancouver. I wasn't in Vancouver. That's what I do know. Okay. So there, here comes Marcel. Panero. There we go. There's Marcel. So here we are. Where were we? We were in. Are 19- we back? We were. I think we were in a, a 2007 area. I thought we were talking about what what uh, Trudeau's delays were all about. <laughs> joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. Continue your conversation about Mr. Trudeau. Well, I did not know this. So, Mary Jane, what can you tell us about this thing? Is he is he really saying that? That's what uh, the report has said. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I haven't but been up on the news lately. You can't believe anything he's going to say, no, right? That's true. No, because as you really, pointed you out, you can't believe like... anything the media says, though. Can I, can I ask a question of all of you? What has he done wrong? First of all. I mean, he is—he is doing—he is doing doing what he said he would do. He is legalizing. He's in the process of legalizing cannabis in Canada. And um, what else has he not? What has he not done that is promised? Did you you read C forty five? That's not legalization. No, (laughs) I haven't. That's why I'm asking the question. So that that's that way. (laughs) Yeah, that's not legalization. He's making that way his rich buddies can make a lot of money and it's going to criminalize everybody else so it's going to make things worse absolutely for example for you just for yourself who's a patient you know that you can medicate you can smoke your joint anywhere that somebody else can smoke a cigarette right now come legalization any person that's not medical is not allowed to smoke a joint out in public where someone else can smoke a cigarette. And I so I don't know any way that, that they would be able to enforce that. No, uh, no, no. No, it but doesn't matter that's, that they can't that's enforce only it. A, that's, it doesn't matter that they can't enforce it. First of all, you're right. They can't enforce it, which is clue number one, that it's a fucking stupid decision to make, which is another piece of fact that they have not done their homework so what's wrong with this thing okay i'm taking it over what's wrong with this thing is that they, i mean you asked me to be on the show right i'm not trying to be a hard <laughs> ass they're taking it over because they have omitted copious data that favors our position 
and they are making up other data and bolstering it with, well, we believe this and we believe that. And they have completely ignored the findings of 50-year-old findings of Lester Grinspoon, and they are completely obliterating the positive results of what's happened in Portugal. And they are completely omitting any kind of reparation efforts that even in the States, with all of their racist problems that they have, and let's not get into that unless you want to, but I don't think it can be argued. And these people down here in San Francisco and in Seattle, they're getting reparations. So before Whitey can make millions of dollars doing this shit, there's going to have to be a pit stop at, hey, look at all those black guys and all those black people and families that got fucked up because some guy got busted for smoking cannabis or whatever the hell or even selling it. Ruined his life, ruined his family, uh, sent this kid to school without a father, blah, blah, blah. All the societal mayhem that they have bestowed upon us by these fictitious rulings, like courtesy of Nixon and Ehrlichman and all these people. And if we don't start taking some hard turns out of this bullshit term of thinking that they have been saddling us with, we're never going to get out of this thing. This is a hugely important piece of data. Th th not a piece of data. This is a turning point in our friggin' history. We've already fucked up in 1970, 71. Then Reagan came down and doubled down on it in 1980. It's been a disaster ever since. Everybody knows that. If I was playing this game by their rules, I've been dead by now. I'm sure they would have preferred that. I'm sure they would have preferred that. But the point is, we can't just le let them keep on uh, uh, throwing shit and material. Like it's like to me, it's like they're just dumping a bunch of building materials in, in some random location. Okay, here's some girders. Here's some electrical cable. Here's some insulation. Uh, here, here's a couch. There, there's your house. And you live in it the way we say. And they're like, well, we're going to have to move the couch over here. We're going to have to build a wall over here to put it. In. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Like, this is a completely poorly thought out by a fucking cop, this pig who's at the top of this pile. Who In whose right mind did we ever get to the point where we're going to say, hey, you know what we should do is legalize cannabis, make everybody okay. I know. Let's consult with the police. And let's let them run the thing. And they consulted with the police and they consulted with the police chiefs and they consulted with the constabulary and they consulted with healthcare workers who have a vested interest uh, in, in pharma. OK, a lot of the CAMH people. Sorry, I know they do a lot of good and everything. And they don't come to me once. They don't come to anybody else on this show once is going, oh, what's your medical shit ride? And you really turn it around with this stuff, huh? And they're just choosing to ignore all this data, all this facts and coming out with shit like, oh, we'll get to it next year. We'll get to it next year. Supposedly, the project of, of sober minds, they have fucked it up so badly. And once it gets in, these seven laws or so that we now have become the 45 laws that they've got teed up. Thank you, Harrison Jordan at Leafly, who's, who's going to be a lawyer student. You got to read this guy. Had him on my show once. How do you get 45 new laws on top of seven old ones and call it legalization? Let's remember legalese is a language for lawyers. They all go to school to learn what it is so the rest of us don't know. This is a further entanglement and a directly uh, antisocial development and turn towards a control paradigm that will be unmatched, even the way it is now. They're going to be putting people in jail. They're making up bogus things about uh, if you're in if you're in, if you're um, um, intoxicated or not, we've already got a gentleman on the show doing three grams a day, having no problems functioning. Somebody else does like uh, five pinheads and they're not built up to it. Of course, they're going to be high and on the moon. So therefore, the entire intoxication thing, the entire police uh, thing about pulling people over. You're going to pull me over. You're going to find I got cannabis in my system. Fine. You go ahead and prove I'm intoxicated. That's another thing. Intoxication is not necessarily lined up with cannabis in the system. They're just choosing to ignore this. And most people that don't care and don't know and don't use, they just believe the sources of, of the government every single time. We've got to not make another 50-year skid mark into mistake town like we did in the 70s. I'm done with it. 
I mean, that's what that's how good his legislation is. And now it's so fucked up that even though he's promised to bring it in and even though Justin said, well, yeah, no, I I don't know where everybody got that July 1st. that You gave it to us. You said it was going to be that. So these folks don't know what they want. And it all got funded into existence in the first place, courtesy of Stephen Bronfman, the Seagram's heir, who's basically taping his fam- taking his family's rum-running template of the 20s when they were providing alcohol across the Saskatchewan border, etc., into Chicago during Prohibition. And that's basically what they're doing now. It's, it's a Prohibition with Booze 2.0. Why do you think there's speakeasies now? Why do you think there are all these secret clubs where you have to go underground and go to a vape lounge? I'm not making fun of vape lounges. I love them. I'm just saying they wouldn't exist or you wouldn't need to exist. Like if coffee were illegal, there'd be secret coffee lounges. These guys foment this supposed illegality. They know exactly what they're doing when they dream this shit up in the first place. And it's all by design. The date is there. I mean, if you decide to set this uh, dollar value at 11 or $12 a gram and then tell everybody else they're a criminal for selling it, you're going to create illegalities. You're going to create problems. You're going to send people away. Hopefully, you're also invested into the private for profit prison industry, too, while you're at it. I could go on, but that's why I don't like any of this legislation. I think that, I, uh, I don't like the legislation because I think it's kind of wrong that. I could have sex with a 12-year-old and get seven years in jail, but if I give for a joint, I go to jail for 14 fucking years. Exactly. That's That's, another thing. It's horrendous. And we all know you're not supposed to give it to a kid, and I get it, but why are those those, uh, penalties out of whack like that? The whole thing is out of whack. You take a look at all of it. Mary Jane's legislation. I mean, you just... You just read that and it's like, what? I'm in this I'm in this nightmare. It's not legal. It's legalized, which means you're taking something and stick legal is not also lawful, okay? Sometimes legal and lawful are the same thing, but one does not beget the other necessarily. And in fact, lawful many times is not legal at all. As the Parker ruling will show you, as the rulings will show you, when people start to get pulled over for being intoxicated and then they can't prove it right then they won't be able to prove it and we're heading into some really serious problems once and when they do uh get this shit uh, uh, out there whether it's uh, you know this year as promised and failed let's remember he failed consistently with this or whether it's next year whenever it is there will be problems with this um and i want to know how many companies bill blair has invested into along the way. You know, he says everybody that's not on board or whatever is a criminal and it's a criminal enterprise that will be shut down, blah, blah, blah. And I want to know how, I want a full fucking disclosure on exactly this guy's investments. And of course, you'll know, he'll give a 25-word non-answer to that. But I want to know exactly how many LPs he's already invested into or whatever, a widget for some uh, new way of delivering cannabis that's yet to be invented. Whatever he's invested into, I want to know every single thing. And until this guy, this cop, who's a G20 human rights abuser who got away with that shit. I mean, it's amazing to me. One guy smokes a joint now and gets caught, or one of the Emery's or whatever the hell. Now they were caught in the old paradigm using something. Now it's illegal, so they can't participate in the new paradigm. We're supposed to let these, uh, uh, these bureaucrats and these cops run things? I mean, who the, who the hell goes to the... If you're going to a, a, a cop to figure out the entire structure, I can tell you exactly why that is. It's because if you really decriminalized this substance okay if you really decriminalized it and just removed it like i get in the same amount of trouble having a tulip in my garden as i do with cannabis and you decriminalized it all of a sudden every single man hour of every single police station detachment in this country or north america or the world or whatever everybody that's a cop has a certain amount of man hours 
<clears throat> on his sheet, particularly more so in a drug squad. But like people that are involved in arresting people for cannabis, writing up those issues in, in their uh, police reports and all the business that they do in the police station, all the going to court appearances and everything else. You just go ahead and subtract that from every cop's ledger, every bit of the spreadsheet. Well, guess what? Now we don't need as many cops. Now they you know, have to look you know, at budget cutbacks. There were several articles put out this this week, again, in the media, that are hinting that they are looking at removing charges, cannabis charges. So They better. <clears throat> they, they can do nothing but the full uh, whole hog on this. There's no moral. Uh, there's no moral ground whatsoever for putting. Well, listen they're, to they're, this. Let me they're just even, take, They're even take, considering doing it down in the states. So you know. No, that's what I'm saying. They're already doing it in the states. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Justin's legislation, Kathleen Windbag's legislation, does not address these reparations. It's completely immoral. It's completely beyond the pale to say, look, this shit's illegal. You're in trouble. You're a bad person. I'm gonna fuck your life. You're going to go to jail. I was worried about your health and your safety, and you used this stuff, and I caught you using it, so I'm not going to put you in jail. And we'll see how your kid does without a father in school if they're so worried about our health. You're going to do that, and then instantly turn to a whole bunch of other people that are going to make millions of dollars, and the people that got fucked over in the short run get nothing but the continued sad story of the existence they've been handed by authorities. There is no moral ground for this, and these punks that are supposedly leaders in office, they don't even address that fact. That's not even addressed in any of the legislation here. And, missed, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mary Jane, you probably read it more recently and more in depth than I did based on your report earlier. But I'm telling you, this, these people can't just go from labeling a bunch of people using it as criminals to labeling a bunch of people using it as, as the sanctioned uh, profiteers and most of the people drawing up these laws are invested into those companies. Bill Blair, how deep do your fingers go into the pie, buddy? It's going to be interesting to see what happens, that's for sure. But, and we won't actually, I mean, let's be honest, we won't know what happens until it happens. Well, right. <clears throat> yeah, well, I got, some, I got some pretty juicy predictions. I'm ready to, I'm not going to argue them until they happen. But basically, I think a lot more people are going to be getting arrested. People are going to be getting surprised that they're arrested. I think at first, you're right. Yeah, at first, yep. yep. And, uh, and then the eventually the court challenges and then eventually the court challenges are going to find in our favor, uh, yep. as they always do. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's the process that has to happen, right? No, it doesn't. There, there, that's, a, that's what I thoroughly disagree with. It's not a process there, that there, has to happen. Going to be lo- there, there has to I mean, they, There's going to be court challenges. I mean, there already are. You know. Oh, okay. The, well, the, uh, the court challenges are going to go are are going to go on for years after yeah. this fiasco what, comes out. Okay. This is the thing I'm calling for: is that we somehow, okay, through the legislation. I mean, if they're going to punt it down the road, we need more input uh, uh, into what it's going to be like. Because the, you know, it's like the old thing: prevention's better than cure. I mean, you you could just take a pile of garbage and uh, not garbage, but you could take some pipes and some and some building supplies and everything and call it a house or you could decide to actually draw up a plan that really works and build a foundation and from there and come up and actually structure properly so that with those same pile of building materials it is a house you can't just dump a pile of shit somewhere and call it a house and 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 force people live inside of it if you know what i mean and so we need to go look this isn't gonna work you're gonna bust somebody for this and he's gonna be able to show that's not the case and you're in for a world of trouble and not enough people i don't think are aware of this or care I mean, I don't mean to disparage anybody in the community, but you can't even believe the amount of people that I've, I've met over, the, over my medical journey 
who are all on board with everything that I've got to say in the medical advances, but they didn't even realize at the time how healthful it is as a substance. As a smoker before, in the past, I can attest to that. I just thought it was a fun little thing to get you high once in a while. That's neat. I didn't realize the medical power of it. And still people today don't realize the medical healthful power of it. Because not only are you doing that, you're subtracting opioid um, addiction rates and all the tragedy that goes with that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just criminal to keep this stuff locked up in some crazy box and then call it legal when it's even more uh, legalized and more it has more laws around it than, than it does already in this moment. I know well, they're, 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 they're removing some laws and adding more. Yeah, right? seven going out and 45 coming in. Yeah. <clears throat> so that you tell me that's okay. I don't buy it. Yeah. No, it's not okay. And and I'm sure that, that this new edit, this when you see whatever is going on now, is going to reflect some of that, I'm sure. But um, we won't really know until they say, here you go, here's the regulations, right? Which is bugging uh, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, it bugs me. I want to see what the regulations, the final draft is going to be. When, well, when I'm looking forward to that's going to happen. I'm looking forward to the education programs. That's what I'm looking forward to as well. <laughs> These um, indoctrination tracts, as they I've say. I've seen some of the billboards being posted. People, po you know, they take pictures. You see a <clears throat> billboard or a commercial. They've got a, a, you remember a few years ago, Marcel, I said that I saw a poster on the subway in Toronto that Cam H was doing a driving and cannabis thing. Yeah. They're, they're doing it again. Oh, God. Well, uh, and, and so Matt Myrna saw the poster and took a picture of it. And so, you know, well, look at the way they treat it. I mean, this is how fucked it up is. This is really quick, quick point right here. I was just driving by this um, LCBO. OK, so this is the company that's going to be selling cannabis. They've got a six hundred and fifty thousand dollar logo. Congratulations. I've been informed by a very uh, excellent artist and a graphic artist that that thing should have cost no more than twenty five grand. Anyway. Uh, there's a big banner now hanging out for summertime promotion outside of the LCBOs. It's probably on all of them because they're standardized. So some printer company got a great contract, and so it goes, and so the business expands. But this thing, it's a big banner, a big banner hanging down by the door of LCBOs. Check it out. It's going on right now, uh, May 2018. And it says, hip to sip. So what they're saying is it's it's hip to drink alcohol. That's what it is. Now, yeah. I don't have a problem with this at all. I don't have a problem with it personally. I want to get that out of the way. But I'm saying it's so fucking hypocritical for these idiots to, to, to tell you all the terrible things about cannabis. It has to be in this package and it can't be interesting to look at. And it has to be a boring label. And, and you blah, know blah, what? Blah. You, and they got uh, this thing hip to zip. It's not going to say cool to vape. They're not going to put that in there. Exactly. And, and you know what? On that argument, I'm driving around the city a couple of weeks ago and I noticed they've got this new slogan going up on the beer store where you can buy it. It just says beer here. So are we going to, you know, maybe next year see cannabis here all over yeah. the place? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. They're, they're so hypocritical. Yeah. They're so uh, off the mark on this. And they're rub when they come up with a new program, when the same company is saying, Oh, yeah, we got to make sure nobody really gets into this cannabis stuff. And they've got a, a big a poster that says, hip to sip. Hey, it's great to sit around and drink, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is nuts. And having these characters, right? Like, you've got these, um, you know, for a Budweiser commercial, you got a bunch of chicks running around in bikinis. Guess what? If you drink a bunch of this beer, you're going to get some of these gals and get laid and everything. That's the implied message, right? Can't have that with cannabis. Can't have Captain Morgan or some kind of, uh, 
you know, cartoon slogan character, uh, uh, you know, mascot for cannabis. Can't do any of that. You can do all of that with cannabis. It's, I mean, with the alcohol story. It is so ridiculous on its face. And, you know, of course, cops and people that involve themselves in these things, they drink alcohol all the time. Wouldn't be surprised if the chief of police has a, has a bottle of teachers at the bottom of the filing cabinet in, in his desk in his office. I mean, this is ridiculous stuff, man. And it's just such a, it's such a ridiculous notion that we fall into this. And we're asking these people for permission. And we're hoping they provide. I met one guy. He was a friend of mine. Don't talk to him much anymore. But when the new regulations came out, he said, well, I think it's okay. I mean, they're letting us have 30 grams of cannabis at any point. They're letting us have 30 grams. You think that's okay? <laughs> like, that is such a servile position. It makes me sick. So... <clears throat> Marcel, you want to tell people about this song we're going to listen to? I think it's awesome. I haven't heard it. I want to hear the song. But well, I don't it, know if uh, you're going to hear it. You'll have to listen to it after. I've got, yeah, I'll listen to it after anyways. <laughs> but uh, it's because Nova Scotia um, has the highest per capita consumption of cannabis in the country. They come up with a song called Baked in Nova Scotia. Okay, so let's listen to that, and uh, we'll be right back if this works. Let's see if this is going to work here. Sure. Sure. We're baked in Nova Scotia, so have another toe. We'll puff and pass that to Soon we can smoke it legally. Now, no one would have ever guessed. Turns out, Nova Scotians love the green. When it comes to smoking up, we're sure we're the best. This could be why we aren't very. We're baked in Nova Scotia, so have another toe. We'll puff and pass that doobie. Things move slower here, it's because we're mellowed out. Someday soon we can smoke it legally. From the darkness of Yarmouth to North Sydney. It's not the fog, it's just the haze. Late night donairs will crush the munchies. No, we haven't any doctors, so we have to blaze. We're baked in Nova Scotia, so have another toe. We'll puff and pass that doobie. Things move slower here, it's because we're mellowed out. Someday soon we can smoke Nova Scotia, so have another toe. We'll puff and pass that doobie. Things move slower here, it's because we're mellowed out. So let's burn another split and stare out at the sea. The album uh, coming out hey, uh, Nova Scotia. soon. Hey, What's on. it like for you guys right now waiting to get this thing out there? 
Yeah, album dropped mid. We'll close that. Now we're back. I got to say, say though, though right, right away, away I'm, I'm, I'm I'm always happy to find, to find out something, something I don't, don't know. know. And, and I don't I don't, I don't know, know everything, everything. and I, I, I certainly I, don't claim to know everything. I just know what I know. I didn't know Nova Scotia was the number one consumption place. I would have guessed BC maybe. Nah, we got everybody beat. We don't have a whole lot of people here, but we know how to grow good pot. Yeah, I, I just I never would have guessed that. So congratulations for the record. <laughs> <laughs> we also held the the record for having the most doctors that were signing for patients. Oh, good for you! Back when we had the MMAR, right. we have a a lot of sick people here, so we end up we figured out pot worked really good years ago, so we've all been using it. Oh, I thought you were talking about the legislature for a minute. You mean actual patients that are sick? Oh, yeah, sure. I get that. Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear it. Oh, we don't even want to talk about our legislature. We have a very, very well-working network here. Yeah. Well, good for that. That's good. Leave our dispensaries alone. Leave the patients alone and get more doctors to sign them. We don't have that here, and it's going to cause some issues for a lot of It already has. Well, it already has. I mean, look what's going on in Kensington. At one point, you had how many dispensaries? Listen, I, I don't yeah. understand. I don't understand. You talk about the legislation that sucks. I guess they're not ready yet. Because how are you going to have 40 stores all across this giant Ontario, basically the Texas of Canada? How are you going to have 40 stores strewn across here? Right now, there's, what, 67 dispensaries in friggin' tiny little Hamilton? I mean, how it makes no sense at all. Like, if you're going to legit, Hamilton's the shit now, right now for, for dispensaries. It is. They're great. Is. They're great. But I'm just as saying, been, if you're going to have I've forty, been everybody for a year. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but if you're going to have forty places all across, this is what's going to happen. So yeah. you say, well, we don't know what's going to happen until it happens. No, we do know this is going to happen. Yeah. Somebody's going to want to play by the rules. Somebody's going to want to do that. There's going to be a certain amount of people who want to play by the rules, and they live in a certain town or area that doesn't have a dispensary in Ontario. So they're going to get in their car. They're going to drive uh, the one, two, three hours or whatever it is to get to the place that does so have it. And um, then they're risking uh, all kinds of hassle on their return back to their area, particularly if they medicate uh, before they get back in the car and on the way back. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of it's limitation only, that they have. It's only 45 minutes from Toronto to <laughs> Hamilton, Niagara Falls to Hamilton, London to Hamilton, Windsor is a little bit further, but you know it's very accessible, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's thriving. Along King Street, I was just down there a couple weeks ago, and right at the corner of King and Hess, and I haven't been in there, is another dispensary. It used to be a restaurant, so what I see happening there is people are moving into the Hess Village in hope in hopes to capitalize on that lounge thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I hear a lot of uh, a lot of dispensary people talking about they're going to go into the lounge thing. They're going to get ready for that where they can uh, sell cannabis to a, just like a bar. You know, I mean, it's coming. They've already said that's happening. Right. Or a, ver a variation of that. Right. You figure that's going to happen. I didn't hear that. I think there's going to be some places where we can go and consume. Yeah. Will we be able to buy cannabis openly? I know a lot of people are hoping. Yeah, I, mean, I think it may. I, I think it may be a long time coming before you see that. Before that happens. Yeah. But look, like Tweed has, has been opening stores all over Canada. 
um, calling them them you know information places in hopes inf- in hopes that they may one be able one day may be able to be a dispensary. Yeah, and and also uh, it they're really just glorified recruitment centers. Right now, but yeah. don't forget, those guys are actively lobbying to be able to have their own dispensaries and standalone stores. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they want that retail market as well. I mean, they're basically being forced into a wholesale market because they're going to be the suppliers to the retailers. So now they're wholesale market with no aspects or chance at all of getting retail market other than mail order to patients, which isn't going to be retail market. Mm. So they're lobbying to get their own stores. So Tweed going in and buying up locations for educational centers and places like that, in all honesty, is smart foresight. Because if they ever get the approval, they've got a location everywhere. They're there. And, and in, yeah. in term, because they're not uh, allowed to quote-unquote advertise, they're in neighborhoods where they feel they should be. And those are, are recruitment centers. I mean, if you go in there, you can sign up and find yeah. out what, what they've got, and they'll talk to you about the process and all that. But I don't know how far they go into the whole medical stuff with you, like they do at a dispensary. I don't know. I've never been. I go to me either. I don't know. (laughs) I have to admit, I like being able to walk into a storefront, buy what I want to get, have a conversation with whoever's there about whatever, and then leave without any. Here's your ID. Blah 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 blah. I understand. Just like a beer store, they card you. That's fine. Show them your ID. Walk in. It's part of the process. Uh, but the whole membership thing lost flavor with me when uh, Com got raided. To be honest with you, you know. yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate drawback. But membership's also a, still a good way to protect yourself in the long run. Um, being licensed, and a lot of people I, who were I'm torn are on not it. even going to go forward. See, I don't have the same problem. I don't have, or I don't have the same issues. I go to dispensaries nine times out of ten. I know more than the person that's working there, so it's no sense to me asking questions. I just go and take what I want and leave and hope that nobody recognizes me so I don't have to spend a couple hours answering questions. But then again, I don't go shopping at dispensaries very often. You know what, I, like I said, I've been enjoying being able to walk into a dispensary, choose what I want, ask questions. Usually the people are right on. There's been a few places that I've gone into in Hamilton where I really enjoy the staff. Um, and and then there's been a couple of places that I've gone into where, you know, there's a, a big burly guy standing at the door, half asleep, just waiting to get get up and get in your face if you say something wrong. Um, very intimidating when you walk into the door, but it's needed in Hamilton. Right. You know? um, See that that's not something that we have here. Do you have places that you can walk in other than like pharmacist and, and other places like that? 
there's 25 dispensaries in Halifax. Okay. Right now. So, I mean, there's there's all kinds. Um, some are of them... Rating? I, are they rating? Because I've heard they have been. They, they, they do every once in a while. But remember, cops only raid when there's a complaint. Because they don't go looking for work. I mean, they're human. They're lazy like everybody else. They're not going to go and look for work to make more work for themselves. They wait till somebody complains. Yeah, um, and those complaints are usually an, a dis, dis, dissatisfied, dissatisfied customer. Or another dispensary owner. Yeah. yeah. Or a neighbor that doesn't like the heavy traffic. Um, and that's the majority of, of who are the ones that are complaining once a complaint is filed then the cops have no choice but to respond to it but the cops don't want to waste their time going after dispensary raid and then just to have it end up being thrown out in court because the prosecution doesn't want to have the laws overturned fair enough right any anybody that's going to challenge it is. It is a giant circle jerk. It's a waste of goddamn time. That there shouldn't be even licensed producers. It should just be like fucking tomatoes. If you want it, grow it yourself. If you want to grow it commercially, then you get a license and grow it commercially like a fucking tomato. Price should be less than a dollar a gram. Yeah, and you and can, you can put a tomato. You can put a tomato vine uh, up over your fence too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Alan. Yes, sir. Please do us a favor. We're get, we're coming to the end of this thing here. Um, okay. <clears throat> tell people one thing that we haven't got to really is your podcast. Uh, tell oh, people, sure. Tell tell people a little bit about that when you can hear it. Yada yada. I think we're scheduled to be on the eleventh. I don't know. Somewhat. Yeah, Kim will have booked that. I. I, yeah. I it's out of my hands now to book who's on when. So I look forward to it whenever it is. But yeah, Mary we got Jane a lot of knows. great shows coming up. A lot of great shows coming up. Mary Jane. Uh, a lot will of know. What What is it, Mary Jane? It is June the fifth. June the 5th. June fifth. Okay. All right. So that's that. Yeah, that'll be great. We have um, Kim has got us booked into July. So I don't really know who who everybody is anymore. We're only Ooh. doing it once a week. So um, at the beginning, it took a while to get people to come on because nobody, you know, we weren't. We weren't known. Nobody knew who we were. We were scrambling. Uh, you know, like on Sunday, we'd be looking for somebody for Tuesday. Now we're into July, and uh, people are coming on and getting it. We've had great guests. So what's the show? It's called Green Crush, and it's green because green is cannabis, and crush is what it can do to cancer and a lot of other illnesses and the laws that prevent our access to it. So that's how the name Green Crush came about. It was born of necessity because I didn't want to call it um, – I didn't want to call it uh, uh, cannabis – versus cancer or um, anything like that. I didn't even want to use those two words in it, although uh, it seemed that was a bad idea because with search engines, you know, if someone's looking, they get the show. But I just didn't want to go there. And I think this is what's been saving our ass a little bit on this um, YouTube cull where they try to get rid of um, the channels <coughs> that even talk about this stuff. So it's called Green Crush with Alan Park, and it's on YouTube every Tuesday live at 2.03 Eastern Standard Time, and we're always a little bit late. That's how we do it, and that's how it has been working for us. And we just discuss, first of all, it started out as, as a, you know, the first few episodes were just by myself and um, explaining to people my story in detail. So if you like the show and you come across it, that's neat. Go back to episode one, as is the case with podcasts, and go listen to the beginning of it. I stand behind um, 
you know, if somebody pulls uh, something strange out of there in an audio clip and sends it to us and says, this is out of order, I, I stand behind everything I've said so far. And we've done 38 shows now and 39 coming up this week. So um, I just try to make it clear to people that uh, there is a great remedy in this plant. This plant has a, a, a natural human rights access. And I gotta, I'm got watching a dog and a cat right now standing off, and I might have to make a move here. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, this stuff is so helpful, and I need people to understand that I come from this experience as a person who has gone through, just like, uh, just like you know, the people that are on this show. And it's not just a commentary. I'm not just talking about sports because I like sports. I'm not just talking about movies because I'm a fan of movies, and there's nothing wrong with that. I talk about this because... I was dead to the world and given no option, and this thing turned me around. This has caused me to do a great amount of research, maybe not as much as some people, but more than most, I think, enough to help myself find out how to get out of this pickle. And I just want to share this information. With the, the system is so frightening. The medical system can, can be very upsetting, I know, because I was frightened and upset by it. And I'm just trying to take a lot of hitches out of the way for other people that might go through it. And I highly recommend with the power of this show and the great guests that we have coming on. And we've got some wonderful, uh, great. I'm so proud of the back catalog right now. If we had to stop tomorrow, um, I would I, I don't know what I would do, but I'd be very happy with what we've accumulated. But basically trying to get the facts out to people that this stuff does so can work. And it's not always that everything is 100 percent effective by one application of a cannabis. Not, nobody makes that claim. Nobody can make that claim. Certainly not chemotherapy. So I just want people to understand it can be easier. I went through a shitty time through a very dark, difficult, dark maze to get out. I got out and I'm just trying to tell people the short run, like you just turn left here, turn right there, go around there and you're done. It's a lot easier to get out of dire straits than they make it sometimes. So that's, also, what this shit, <coughs> that's what the whole crush is. It's nice to have somebody with common ground as well, right? Exactly, exactly. And I'm, that's what the crush, I'm just like rolling through. I was just done listening to what it doesn't do and what it can't do. Mm -hmm. And I was, and I got kind of tired of telling people about it who'd be excited to hear about it. I mean, I'd sit and talk about it for, as we've done tonight, for two, three, five, seven hours. But that's not as efficient as podcasting, broadcasting, right? So anybody can hear it anytime and hear it again if they want. And I just wanted to get that word out. And, and unfortunately, and fortunately, in this almost year we've been doing it, We've not had any corporate sponsorship whatsoever, so that has been uh, that has been uh, what we thought we needed that at the beginning. But what it helped establish in the positive end of things was the, a complete um, editorial freedom. I have not been told not to say something by anybody. I'm sure there are a few LPs out there who, if they listen or even care about the show, would be pissed off with what I've had to say about them. Uh, none of them pissed off enough to sue me, so I guess I'm not wrong when a company like Organigram, who doesn't even know why, uh, they had uh, uh, contaminants in their final product. They didn't understand why it was in there. I would say, I don't understand why you even had those contaminants in your building, never mind in the batch, because your name of the company is Organogram. So come on. It's not supposed to have any of that there. And there's a lot of dirty pool like that. So I'm just trying to tell people, you got to empower yourself, preferably grow your own and have access to it. Yes, you'll probably need to buy elsewhere. Uh, don't take the government stigma of, uh, oh, gee, I better get it from the liquor store or I'm a bad person. First of all, you're not going to be able to trust the quality of weed that goes into there in the long run when Monsanto Bayer get their fingers into re-engineering the thing to be far less effective than it already is. And if you don't believe that, you don't know the history of Frankenstein's, the Terminator seed, and how they engineered seeds for farmers 
to only last one season, so you got to buy more next year. And there's no seed saving. They can do all kinds of things with genetics. So look out for that in the future. That's the other beacon that I try to get people to. This isn't just fun time. You know, you got to make sure that your supply is safe. You got to make sure you you've got access to the kind of seeds you want to get and propagate the good stuff. Because once they start resynthesizing and, and enforcing that, uh, you know, at these government dispensaries, you're going to have later on a reduction in the brands and the types and the cushions and the sativas and the whatevers. Because these punks are going to breed it down and control it. You watch out for that. Think I'm nuts for saying so? Great. We'll get to it, and you'll be going, holy shit, that guy was right. So make sure you know your source. Make sure you know uh, where yours is coming from. Know your dealer. Uh, understand where he gets it. And, uh, and, and just realize this thing is a food. It's a vitamin. It's an amino acid. It's all kinds of things. And it, that is the reason why it uh, helps you with so many different conditions it's not a drug that's a wonder drug that fixes every disease it's a it's a healthful substance that puts your body into a wonderful state of homeostasis to better handle any uh invaders and illnesses that come along so they're looking at it in a wrong way they're, they're not looking at it in a truthful way they're looking at it in a let's make money in the private prison kind of way etc so that's what the whole show is about green crush with alan park and we have great guests on teach you how to grow it uh, teach you funny stories about how they smuggled it into the country back in the 70s. Teach you about uh, the repression of laws like in countries like ourselves and Ireland and, and Australia, all over the place where we've had champions of spirit um, counter the ridiculous notions of, of government not allowing it, such as a Vera Toomey in Ireland who just fought them and said, I'm going to take my kid to Amsterdam then we'll treat her there. And eventually she got an exemption from the government and they finally even now pay for the her daughter's medicine. So we do need to keep kicking these doors down because that's the only way they change. This woman's like a one ar- a one woman army, and then uh, a bunch of people got behind her because they realized she was in the right. Her, her poor kid having Dravet syndrome, and uh, multiple uh, you know more more uh, seizures than I care to remember, multiple daily. Now the kid's down to like one or two a month or something, or even less than that, and that's still no good. But but it's it's better than having multiple sessions daily, which can kill you. So this woman has taken on the Irish government. We got Jenny Hallam in. Um, these are all, as I like to say, friends of the show. These are all people whose stories we have profiled and want to get around the world. We've we've gone beyond Canada. Canada's a bit of a cartoon with its legislation. I talk about it because I live here, but I'm interested in the developments in Spain, in Portugal, in Israel, where the amount of research there is unbelievable, especially when you consider a lot of it's funded by America, but then they don't want to sell it in America because it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dr. Raphael Machulam, with what he's come up with since 1963, the guy that identified the, the substance that is THC, just trying to get this information out there. It's been repressed. It's been suppressed. I talk a lot. Might as well talk about something that's super important. Green Crush, Tuesdays, YouTube. Uh, and when we get booted off from YouTube, take a look around. We will be reloading elsewhere. We do have all our shows uh, backed up. And uh, take a look for us. I'm not sure. I wish I knew right now. But we'll be going to Daily Motion. Or, or we, me, or, or uh, uh, you know, one of the multiple other platforms out there for video. We're not going to go away just because YouTube, yeah, YouTube pulls up. YouTube the isn't uh, isn't the, the last place to go. Exactly. So look for us if you if you get into that situation where you haven't been able to find us, just crack open a Google page. I guess I'm sure Danny is going to kill me when he hears this. Uh, my producer, I'm probably saying the wrong thing, but if we just disappear all of a sudden, look us up on Google, and there we will have migrated over to whatever it is. Uh, some new platform, and all our shows will be there. They're not going to suck out our back catalog. I'm so sorry. That's not why we made it. This is great information. It's you might want to do. search on Bing. I get to tell my to- I get to tell my story. I get to exercise my uh, 
my uh, desire to broadcast. I get to I get to just intertwine and interweave this all together and get out a really powerful message. And I stand by every minute of that show. We've had we've had sensible Ontario on. They were on a couple of shows ago. That was great. Um, so many different people with so many insightful viewpoints, all of which uh, would stump any politician, none of whom uh, have been able to accept an offer or, or even a challenge to come in and debate any of this with me. And, and we'll just keep trying. I want to get Bill Blair in there. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'd love to sit him down and, uh, and go one on one, you know, fair, fair, fair game, mano a mano in my house. I had enough of your house with all the lies. I want to get the truth out there. I want to help people not have to suffer as much as they have been. And I know because I suffered a lot and now I don't. So I want to bring that to people right away so they don't even have to wait for it. The end. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. <laughs> you, you, you were trying to say something, Marcel? Yeah, but I forget what it was now. <laughs> Must have been that boom explosion ending I just threw at you. Hey, I'm just, the, uh, just happy that having mic, you on. It was the mic drop just did it in. What's that? The mic drop at the end just did it in for me. So I guess so. Yeah, might have it blown out. Me. Sorry, kind of just wound up being that way. But I do want to thank uh, I do want to thank the folks. Al was at uh, I met him at 4:20, and Mary Jane we had a great talk upstairs at uh, at Rotorama, a place which is bizarrely under some kind of threat of continuance based on a bunch of series of laws put together by a bunch of jugheads. I mean, this place has been running for like 19, 20 years. Abby Roach has done a great job of providing what a service that that who. A lot of people want. Is that democracy? Yeah. Is she adding to the economy? Yeah. So why is this a problem again? So that's where we were at 420, and I had a great time uh, speaking there. Did a little comedy set uh, slash information set uh, for some folks there. And, and we're just going to keep going with this. No more uh, no more repression or suppression of the facts. I'm all done with that. Awesome. Good. So tomorrow is the Global Marijuana March. Yes. Good luck with that. Power through. Represent. Sorry, um, I can't do it. If you can't go uh, and you want to be a part of it, join us. We're going to be there from about 1 o'clock Eastern time to uh, till whenever we fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> or our asses get sore. Yes, that Ouch. happens too. Although the good thing is is we figured out how we can get up and walk around at the same time. So that's the good well, thing. Yeah. Um, Are we talking about suppositories again? And it numbs you out? Is that no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Good old fashioned. We're talking. Phone we're talking sitting at an in an office chair for four to five hours. Yeah. Listen to people walk. Around hey, I, I didn't get to uh, recommend my song earlier. I'm sorry I missed that. Mary Jean asked me what kind of song I might throw in for one of the breaks, and uh, I didn't get the chance to get it in quickly enough. But uh, I'll just throw it out there anyway. Whether you like it or not, Alice Cooper, just look it up anyway, whether you're a fan or not. Just look up Alice Cooper and look up the song Poison and uh, read the lyrics. And that's my ode to chemotherapy. Oh. Cool. And on that <laughs> note, uh, I guess we're done here. Uh, this is the 420 Radio Show. I want to thank uh, Alan Park for joining us. Had a nice thank you, guys. Um Marcel and Mary Jane and I will be around tomorrow along with uh, Al Graham and Alicia Yashishan and Kim Cooper will be calling in also from Timmins. They're doing their first GMM up there. So we're going to hang out online for those who can't. Al will be walking around with Mary Jane down at uh, Toronto's south side, right? It's the south side this year, I think. No, it's the north side. It's the north side. Okay, so where's where's sensible Ontario happening on the South Lawn? Um, 
I'm not sure about that. Okay. There's a map I'm not, going I'm on. Around lo- that long, I have to get home. So I will be there for the march, though. And the march starts on the North Yuan, I think, the northeast side of the uh, at the north Queen's at Park. Uh, Queen's Park North. Yeah, yeah. at noon. At noon. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, if you're around, say hi to Al and Mary Jane, and otherwise, we be out of here. Thanks, Al. Maybe he left. I think maybe he left. All right, guys. I we'll talk to you. All right, you have a good one. Peace out. Peace, love, and hippie shit. Nightmare, Ann. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) So, what are you doing? Nothing. Nothing? Why not? Trying to get on this lifestyle radio website. Sounds like a cool website. Yeah, it's You're listening to Lifestyle Radio. The opinions expressed during this show are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of their associated organizations or Lifestyle Radio.